to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Okay, uh, this is August 24th, 2016, and um, I'm here with Rosie Transplace, and I swear this is the last time he's, uh, she's doing it. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have one more episode with um, Brad Upton, uh, Alicia Wood. I'm doing mine. Uh, one, I'm going to do Europe. I'm leaving for Europe tomorrow, and f- uh, surprise guest. I don't know. I don't even know if it's going to be a surprise guest. If I can get the guest I'm trying to get, uh, the last episode will be by myself. Just quick um, uh, um, thanks for all the people supporting the show for all, all these years. So anyway, Rosie, thank you for doing it. Um, for, before we jump in, I, you know, everyone needs a, f- a family member, colleague, a friend, or someone important that uh, keep people in, in check. And uh, Rosie, I have to say, you're definitely... Um, one of those handful of people. Listen, you know, just one hand of people that I trust. I really appreciate you did that because you're you're very rational and honest, and and then um, not to mention it, it really helped that we also hate the same people. So that, <laughs> that, that really, I don't know if I'm rational and keeping you in check, or if I'm just co-signing on your anger and aggression. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm, I'm really, a, I'm really, a, I know I'm not an easy person to deal with, and you're, you're always been good. And you know, um, recently I was reading something on uh, Dr. Kissinger, and I, I think you're too young to remember, but the person. The Kiss, uh, Dr. Kissinger, on behalf of Richard Nixon's um, administration, we're dealing with uh, this incredible diplomat named Mai Van Vo. He, um, I have to say, he is uh, Tyrion and Tywin Lannister of uh, uh, diplomacy, and he he fooled Kissinger. I mean, Kissinger is not a dumb guy, but I, I think um, when I was reading this recently. Um, this, this, I think this experience really helped Kissinger and Nixon to deal with Chinese. They're not easy to people to deal with. But North Vietnamese had no interest. They had no intention of making deals with them. They knew that uh, it's a matter of uh, Americans were dealing with two more enemies, which is public opinion and time. They knew that eventually Americans will leave, you know. But this diplomat uh, outfoxed, outsmarted, and outfooled. Henry Kissinger, and uh, you know you got to hand it to the Vietnamese people. They uh, have you seen Fog of War? Hmm? Have you seen Fog of War? Long time ago. Um, I just watched. Uh, it was funny that you mentioned that because we just saw that, and um, he's a war criminal, as far as I'm concerned. That's what my uncle used to say because they sent him to Vietnam War. Uh, he's. It was it was funny because he was talking later on. I guess he was talking to. Um, we're we're both talking about if you don't know history, uh, Robert McNamara. Yeah. Um, McNamara was talking to one of the Vietnamese um, diplomats. I don't I don't know if it was my vote, but he was saying it kind of made me laugh. He said, "Why did you think we were going to make a deal with the Chinese? Have you ever read a history book in your life?" Yeah. <laughs> it just made me laugh. They just assume look at Asians. <laughs> <laughs> they look at Asians and then fig- figure they're like 
they think unison, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know why they made that assumption because I don't think Asian people necessarily make an assumption that every white person get along with every white person. But don't you think that the U.S. government should have done some mild fact-finding and research before jumping into a major war? I mean, I'm happy the war happened because otherwise I wouldn't be in America. Sure. But so I guess, you know, it, that's the positive. But it's just silly that they would spend millions and millions and millions and kill so many people and lose so many lives and go send innocent people to be killed and innocent Americans to be yeah. murderers without doing some basic historical research on the area. Yeah. <laughs> well, when when Lyndon Johnson ran for office, I didn't know he was going to be a political and history uh, podcast. But when he when he when he ran against Barry Goldwater, he was worried that uh, you know Barry Goldwater is. Um, uh, serving military and conservative and really tough on foreign policy, you know. And I think Lyndon Johnson didn't want to be seen weak. So he pretty much cornered himself from the campaign that uh, we're going to go really hard at the North Vietnamese and no surrender mentality. And I think Robert McNamara, who, you know, I, I don't know which automobile company he worked for, Ford. but... Oh yeah, so he would, he and other uh, other clony like him, uh, whether he was uh, in, in in a group, they were like the I don't know what would they call them the, the geniuses, right? They're the best and brightest. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, that's kind of uh, pejorative uh, now because they're incredibly smart, but um, they well they weren't that smart. <laughs> they didn't do basic research on the area before sending us to war. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, um, and. They didn't. They didn't know the Vietnamese. They don't know the history and what motivated them. I think the basic fear, of, if, if anybody listening to this, and like I'm not an expert at all, but the fear was, uh, you know, they're concerned about the mainland China, North Korea, and this domino effect of communist red just spreading the rest of the world. So if you if you let one country turn red, uh, it's like a domino effect. Uh, not knowing that the Vietnamese and Chinese been going at it for thousands of years, you know, and uh, well, they're still going at it, you know, Spotly Island, all the South Sea, China yeah. right now. I know my dad um, goes crazy about that stuff. I think that's kind of happening right now with this fear of Islam taking over the West. You know, there's this famous quote, which I, I'm blanking on who said it, but these, uh, it was, if you ever learn anything from history, it's that we never learn anything from history. So yeah. we keep making these same mistakes over and over and over and over again. Same, same, you know, actions different war same actions different people same sure. actions it's like the same thing over and over again it kind of makes me not believe in evolution it's like we're not evolving we're just doing the same thing yeah as a society it's kind of sad actually and now with the whole trump hillary thing i don't know i i we we we, we should waste time talking about talking about them <laughs> <laughs> Because I just think, I mean, I, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Let's not waste time talking about them. No, no, I could be wrong, but I could be wrong. But, you know, um, I just think, I mean, there's many things we, I was wrong about this election, but I still think, I still think I'm pretty fucking sure that California is going to Hillary. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, would I bid my life on it? No, but I'm, I'm 95% certain. Well, he's he's slipping in the ratings, but I don't. Anyth anything could happen, you know. But state of California, as far as what I could do, if I decide to vote, I don't think I'm going to vote. But if I did vote, I'll probably vote for 
uh, Johnson for libertarian. I just, I know they said, oh, how could you not vote for Hillary? Trump is worse or whatever, but it just makes me sick to think that, that, that's the There two are choice. other candidates. There's Johnson, there's Jill Stein. Now, a lot of people are afraid Jill Stein's going to take the Bernie vote. Um, I don't even know who that is, but I'm just... Um, she's the Green Party candidate, and her okay. politics are very similar to Bernie's. She's, so, a, she's a doctor. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably... There's another woman running as well, Yoshi. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just think... God, this is just... I'm, I'm just dumbfounded by the whole thing. But um, I, I, I will say that I, I think... If, I think people vote if 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 people are voting for Trump. I don't necessarily because some people say they must be racist. And I don't I don't necessarily believe that. I don't think that's true, and I don't I don't necessarily think Trump is racist. I think he's in, he's playing this character. I think he's playing a character. I think he's inspiring a lot of people who are racist. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a racist. In fact, I went back and watched that speech where he said that Mexicans were rapists, and he didn't actually say Mexicans were rapists. What he said, by the way, I'm not defending Trump and I'm not a Trump supporter, but... He's saying they're very aggressive lovers. <laughs> <laughs> no, what he said was yeah. that the, Mexico is keeping all of their best people and sending sending their worst over here. Right. That's or, what he said. Or the worst will be going to prison and so they leave the country. Yes. Yeah. So he wasn't saying all Mexicans are rapists or yeah. that Mexicans are rapists, but the language that he uses incites people and it makes people angry and people make generalizations. Yeah. And he said a bunch of other crazy stuff. He's, yeah. he's doing it obviously for the ratings, but he never actually said Mexicans are racist and he never actually said has said many things. It's blown out of proportion. Yeah. Again, I'm not a Trump supporter. But um, he definitely knows how to get the ratings <laughs> because people want, love watching him. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I just think if, if I was a working class work, white person, it, it must have been very, very frustrating for a long time because nothing has ever happened to them. And um, What do you mean nothing has ever happened to them? What no, does man, that mean? Nothing good has <laughs> happened in the last, you know... Um, I think if you're a minority, you expect to get certain kind of help from Democratic presidential um, runners. But I think if you're a working class white person, Appalachia and places like that, I don't think um, there's a lot of uh, been. I don't think they've been helped or, or recognized that the, they're also the group of people who should be helped too. You know, so I think. I think there's a plenty of people who don't even like Trump and frustrated by the whole thing. They just vote for him because they're just. Frustrated by the whole thing. I don't. They're done. Yeah, they're, they're ju- done with the system. Hmm. They're just done with the system. Yeah. The so, political system. Because uh, I forgot the guy. Something Vance. He just wrote this book called uh, Hillbilly Elegy, and I ordered the book. I was hoping I'd receive it by today and read it. But uh, he's. I think he's from Ohio. Live. Uh, lived the life of hillbillies, and like I don't even know what, what those terms ex- exactly means. But sounds like. He was a smart one, just, uh, did a military, Ohio State, then went to law school, Yale or something. Now he works for a top-notch company in uh, Silicon Valley. But he grew up from very, very sad, very violent, very uh, full of uh, tragedy. And, and his mother was addicted to um, heroin or something. And he kept this story where 
she was driving him someplace far and she literally told him like i'm going to just drive really fast slam against the wall kill, have both of us killed and stuff like that you know but he but it's a new york times bestseller and he he was saying that that the, the thing he was saying like it was very reasonable to me like if you grow, if you're a white person you're neglected and if you're poor and you're stuck in those places how do you get out of it you know those rust belt places and stuff to you so um i think when people are frustrated they haven't been heard sometimes you pick an extreme candidate so at least at least they feel like they're being heard you know well i think a lot of people like that they feel frustrated mm -hmm. because they keep seeing all these policies for affirmative action mm -hmm. helping minorities and helping trans people yeah because supposedly the issue is that the government needs to help represent those who are not as represented have a smaller voice right yeah um but the assumption is that if you're white, you have white privilege and not every white person is rich. No, not at all. It's like, that's not true. But here's the problem with democracy. There's, you can't have a true democracy because a true democracy requires everyone to have a level playing field and be truly educated. Otherwise, you have a mass of uneducated, ignorant people that can be manipulated. Yeah. And that's what's going on now. And as you can see, most of the laws lean towards supporting people who are wealthy and the elites. Yeah. Because those are people who make the laws or those are people who get elected. Those are people who have lot money to hire lobbyists and to lobby for their causes and stuff like that. But And if politicians know the specific groups never vote, they're gonna They're gonna ignore them. They're gonna ignore it. They, they were even saying that it's okay mm -hmm. to ignore, you know, certain poor parts of the population because m most of them don't vote or illegal immigrants they can't vote it's like who cares about illegal immigrants because you can't vote for, they can't vote right or who cares about felons or who cares about these other people because they can't vote so it doesn't matter and a, a lot of politicians are just catering towards groups that are going to give them money for re-election in the future anyway yeah and i think if i have to make wild guess i still think hillary's going to win but win or lose trumpism is going to last i think if if he wins he's a president if he loses i think that it's not like that frustration, anger is going to just disappear because you have Hillary, you know. I think that, I think it, it really changed. I don't envy Hillary. I think she's going into a horrible situation right now. This is not the time for her to be president as far as, I don't think she's going to come out of it with bells and whistles and, and parades and fireworks. I don't even know why people want to be president. And it seems very stressful. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather be NFL commissioner <laughs> they make 25, 30, 40 million dollars a year. It's so entertaining. You don't have to deal with foreign nightmare. And, you know, it's, um, I don't know. I don't, uh, I, 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 it's, it's very interesting that, um, I mean, I say this all sincerely. I wish Obama could run for third term. Isn't it weird? Like, if somebody told me 10 years ago, not only are we going to have a black president, for two terms, but I would like that person to run for third because two white people running for the office are so awful, <laughs> are so fucking awful. And we were so lucky because he was such an even temper. I don't necessarily agree with everything that he did, but people, I, I think he was, he is a very good father. Like those two girls, you never hear like shoplifting, <laughs> using painkiller <laughs> got pregnant you know what cocaine. I mean cocaine yeah in fact actually Trump's kids like Ivanka Trump I think they're good kids 
I think it's probably because he wasn't around too much. <laughs> That's what I think. I don't think. I think that his wife or wives did a really, really good job. I think the, his his kids are good. And I would uh, vote for I would vote for Ivanka. I mean, she she just seemed like a level headed. Not not to mention she's really fun to look at. But um, um, she's beautiful. She seems really intelligent and level headed. Really level headed. And she's actually doing a really good job of being politically savvy as far as when people interview, when they interview her and ask her about her father's opinions, mm-hmm. she never agrees with them. She she is very good at being vague and kind of saying, you know, I support him with whatever. She's very good at being a supportive daughter without supporting his policies, if that makes any sense. She's supportive. She's diplomatic. She's, she's supportive without throwing her principles away. And uh, she's very savvy about that. By the way, that. did you know her and Chelsea are like really good friends? Oh, not right now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, not right now. Apparently, their husbands yeah. are work at you know her, her husband does real estate, and her and then Chelsea's husband is works at a New York hedge firm. So I I guess they're they're in the same circles. Yeah. And, and so, she's she's very flexible. Like her husbands are very successful hedge fund whatever, and her and her uh, in laws are very successful too. And she converted to Judaism. And no, her husband is real estate. But her husband is also Jewish, and she converted. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And so did so did Chelsea. Oh, did she convert too? Her husband's Jewish too. So did she convert? I think she converted. Wow. They're like very similar. And that's re- how Israel will run America. <laughs> is that right? They both convert. I mean, I know Ivanka did it because I remember that. Was I like can a- Google it, but I know I, Chelsea's husband had a yarmulke on at their wedding. Wow. He looks like super Jewy too. <laughs> the real world. The Mossad. <laughs> so any, a, a, anyway, thank you. Um, I, I have to say, out of all the different Asian groups, boy, uh, you know, I, I um, Niall Ferguson, who wrote this book about uh, part one, a uh, book on Kissinger, and he was talking about how even Kissinger was fooled by, you know, my Von Vo. I don't know how you say it, but um, yeah, it's just um, uh, the Vietnamese, um, you know, Americans beat Japanese, they tie with the North Koreans, and they got beaten by the Vietnamese, you know, so. <laughs> the last, there was a really great quote from a documentary I saw from a Vietnamese uh, fighter that said, the, the thing the Americans didn't understand is, we can't leave, we live here. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. In Afghanistan, they know, they've seen what happened in uh, Vietnam. Americans, we don't have a stomach for long-term fight. And, and, Yes, has there been successful occupation? Sure, Korea. They, they, they finally become democratic country in like the late 80s. But that's one, one success out of other, how many occupations? And you who know? wants to be occupied? It's like, think of yourself as an mm-hmm. American soldier. Who wants to be over there for years and years and years and years? People want to go home. And, 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 and people in Afghanistan knows that we're going to leave. They know that. This cool. is a narrative that they're quite familiar with. So, you know, if you, if you listen to this podcast month from now, three months from now, two years from now, believe me, within a month of hearing this conversation, either a month before or a month after, there probably was a bomb in Afghanistan. They're just, they just know that, that we, don't, we don't have a stomach for it. Or, or and we, have we haven't had one in a long time. And I it's think. very unpopular. It's very unpopular to be going off fighting wars when we have issues at home. Yes. And that was what happened with Vietnam. And, and, you know, other than people's fear of Islam or terrorism or Sharia law or whatever people are freaked out about, it's not, it's like we can't just spend billions and billions and billions and more people to die for, sure. for what? 
there's no point. So it, it, it uh, Lyndon Johnson, massive success in civil rights movement, 64 and 65, but what prevented him from running for that second time? Vietnam. It really, he, you know, before, prior to Tet Offensive in like 68, I think, Robert McNamara, all the cabinet members, all this, uh, say, uh, this wise old man who knows foreign policy, they said we could win it. After Tet Offensive, everyone even changed their position said this is just not a winnable war. Yeah, we got to get out of here. They were saying don't, you, don't you think it's kind of ironic though that our current system kind of mirrors the 60s? We have massive protests, racial yep. protests, mm-hmm. with the Black Lives Matter movements and other movements. Yeah, These massive racial issues happening right now. It's like, shouldn't we be past this? It's been, what, 40 years, 50 years now? We're still doing the same shit we did 50 years ago? I don't understand what's going on. I still have to say, things are a lot better 50 years ago. Um, things are a lot that be- were better or they're better now? They're better now. Yeah. I really, I really do believe that. But um, why do you think people are so... But the media makes it seems like it's a lot worse than it really is. I agree with that. But why do you think there's so many angry people? It's a, If you look at the statistical data, the amount of, for example, innocent people that are killed by police or innocent people of color, maybe it's unproportional to white people. Maybe, right? Yeah. It probably is. I don't know the statistics. But... The amount of people killed by police innocently is a very small percentage compared to other. There's more traffic accidents. There's more. What What do you think's the hoopla's about? I don't understand. Why do you think now? Why do you think people are getting so angry now? I mean, it's it's like a terrorist attack, right? People are so upset about terrorism and terrorist attacks. The, the still the the statistical chance of getting hit by lightning is is higher than being attacked by terrorists. Right. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a emotional reaction. Right? We, we, remember, I give this example all the time. Um, uh, if you're swimming, the chance of you getting attacked by shark is one in, what, three million, three and a half million or something? But if it's happening to you, the number doesn't mean shit. You know what I mean? It's an emotional reaction. I, I, I do think more people probably get killed in car accident. And more black people kill other black people, just like more white people kill other uh, white people. But I and that's di- true too. That's a, that's true. That's a statistical. That's been been quoted many times in the media. With you know black on black crime. Yet, what what is this? I I people had a, a notion and a whisper that that shit was happening, where police are abusing their power. Uh, but because of cell phones more available now, I think even most pro-police people are, I mean, it's just obvious. There's just like a really terrible feeling about the whole whole thing. Now, having said that, you think police kill black people and it's terrible and it is terrible, but you wait till there's no police in this country and see how many more people be killed. Police are necessary and I don't want to blanket st- make a statement saying all oh, police, but there's definitely history of abuse and the culture need to change. And now, how to do that? I have no idea. I, I ask all the smart people, like, how do you change culture? And you know, about a month ago when there was a shooting in Dallas, I read that uh, if it's true, Dallas Police Department is one of the few places in the country that actually making ch- changes, ref- reforms. Yeah, reform. So that was a very sad thing, you know. Um, but I think, I hope... 
I what I think is the solution is I heard an amazing interview. No more white people and black people in America. <laughs> <laughs> Only Asians. Um, I heard an amazing interview with a police officer in Alaska. Yeah. A police force in Alaska. Yeah. And uh, he, the sheriff, was talking about how they don't carry weapons. They only have tasers, I think, and, and billy clubs. Mm-hmm. And that people... And he's had to confront people with weapons because it's Alaska. People have sure. weapons there for hunting. Um, and it may it makes their police force forced to learn more communication skills. Sure. And to assess people more and to talk them down more. Yeah instead of escalating yeah. right now i think the problem is not the killing of black people or or whatever i think it's the aggressive escalation because even first of all i've been I had three experiences with police officers i think maybe four all four extremely negative i'm not a black person i'm an asian woman the least threatening kind of person out there and, except, except when we were driving <laughs> <laughs> and i've had four horrible horrible um, were they instances. all in California? One was in Louisiana and the rest were in California. The first one mm-hmm. was in high school. I literally, I'm not even exaggerating, was skipping school to study for a test. Yeah. Like I was skipping school to study. This police officer um, called me for truancy or something. Yeah. And he was just an asshole. The entire, he, put, he threw me in the car. He was very aggressive. He accused- he, grab, he, he grabbed you out of the car? He, I was walking. I was so I left school. So I was, oh, you were just walking home. I was just walking because I was going to study yeah. because they had a job fair or something in the morning, so we didn't have to go to class. So I had to study for a class in the afternoon. So I skipped school to study. I went across the street to the grocery store to buy something because um, everything it was early in the morning, like nine, and so everything was closed. So I went to get a drink or something. Sure. Somebody saw me. I mean, and I'm an Asian girl. So at the time I was in high school, I probably looked like I was 11. Yeah. So they knew I should have been in school. They called, um, I guess the police or somebody, cause I was, I obviously was so young looking and by myself and, um, a clerk in the store accused me of stealing cause I had a book bag. Yeah. The police officer came, they looked through my stuff. I h- hadn't stolen anything. Yeah. And then they didn't have anything to book me under, so they booked me for truancy. The police officer was extremely aggressive, accused me, still had the storyline of accusing me of stealing, even though I didn't steal anything and nothing was caught on me. And he he was a total dick. He pulled out his paycheck and like showed me his paycheck. He was like, this is what happens when you work hard. And like was just like a total asshole. Like there was no reason for him to treat me like that. I was obviously like a, a little Asian girl and I was crying because I was do you so th- scared. Do you think... I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying like, okay, we made a mistake. Have a good day. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. Or let me drive you back to school. Yeah. Let me. You shouldn't have skipped school. Let me drive you back to school. Instead, they took me downtown. Literally, I'm not exaggerating. I looked like I was 12. I was probably 13 or 14 at the time. But I probably looked 12. Threw me in the police car. Took me to um, the truancy center. I had to call my parents. I was crying. I mean, he really was mean, 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 mean to me. I had another issue where I was pulled over in California. The police officer, it was a ticket trap. He claimed that I uh, ran the stoplight. I actually explained to him that it was impossible for me to run the stoplight because I was making a left turn onto oncoming traffic. 
He then changed his story and said he saw me yield but not stop. I then told him, no, there's no way I could have not stopped. I would have gotten hit. He then said, it's too late. I already wrote the ticket. Go fight it. I went to court to fight it. And then he lied under oath to the judge and said that never happened. Yeah. And so when they do stuff like this, they lose confidence in the public. Oh, know? yeah. So I've had four, and I had two other similar situations like that. Another one where the police officer was extremely aggressive and was yelling at me. And yeah. look at me. I'm like the least threatening person. So out of four instances I've had with cops, all four of them have been extremely negative. Um, so I don't think it has anything to do with being black. I just think the culture, like you said. And, oh, my God, um, I think I might have to uh, change the batteries or something in a second or two. Um, All right, let's change but, the battery. But, but um, before, I, before I, I forget, I remember one time, I, I think, did I tell you, I was parked at Target or something like the Washington State, and the police said, hey, you need to pick up your trash. Excuse me? And there's a pile of, of cigarette buds outside of the door of my car. I don't smoke cigarettes, right? I just happened to park where, where there was cigarettes. Yeah, yeah there's a pile of them. He said, like, oh, officer, I don't smoke. Hey, you don't need, I don't know. I don't know if he accused me of lying or whatever, but eventually, make the story short, he made me pick it up whole, whole, whole thing, right? I don't even smoke. What happened if I grab it and I like the smell and I start smoking a cigarette and I have a cancer? But I couldn't believe, like, after a while you realize, like, uh, you know, like that shit. I was. What, did you ever watch that thing on uh, Netflix? I'm uh, making of a murder. Or yes, whatever? yes. <laughs> I only watched the first episode, but um, wait. Uh, I'll pause for a second, change the batteries, and then we'll we'll start talking. Let me get a glass of water too. But we'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit of that. Okay, I'll be back. Bye. Okay, I'm I'm literally back two two three minutes um, changing the batteries. Everything's cool. So anyway, I didn't watch the series. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna watch the whole damn thing. I, it's good. It's good. Making a murderer very good on Netflix. And I know I just I, I shouldn't have read. I read a little too much. Which later on he got accused of something else again, right? Don't just watch it, Yoshi. So anyway, I just watch. By the way, can I just clarify that I have had. One positive experience with law enforcement, and I know some people who are law enforcement who are good people. I'm not saying that it's... A lot of them are good. I, I'm just saying that it seems to be a system-wide or cultural issue within the police force that there's yeah. some unnecessary aggression and unnecessary power yeah. issues. If you're dealing with a crazy person that's talking to themselves or an aggressive you know, criminal or gangster, yes, I understand being aggressive, but... I am a petite Asian woman. There's no reason to be aggressive with me at all. I yeah. obviously don't have weapons, and I just don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, of course, it, for every shitty things that happen to us, we say, but there's plenty of time that police don't get credit for. You know, they, yes. just, they, they just don't get credit for. So it's, I'm it's, sure there's a lot, but it, it, my point is that there is probably some systematic issues, as yeah. we talked about earlier. And, you know, I've, I've said this before with that kid, who I don't remember the kid's name, um, in Ferguson, got... I, I, after looking at some of the periodicals, I, I'm inclined to think, I, I would have said in other podcasts, that I believe the cop, you know, that kid, before he got sh uh, shot, I think he he was he got shoplifting at the grocery store. <laughs> Remember that? And when he got caught by this uh, guy looked like Russell Peters' uncle, <laughs> pushed him down. Anyway, that's not a reason to shoot anyone, but I do think he got shot inside of the car finding a cop. And what was interesting, if I remember right, the dad said the police need better training and things like that. And I, I agree. Like, 
any profession you're in, you could have more training if yeah. it's good training. But uh, but since the father of the victim, so-called victim, asked, I could also want to ask him: Is it possible that you could have more good parenting skills? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's a big black kid, got caught sh- shoplifting or stealing, and he pushed someone old enough to be. I'm sure his father he pushed him down. So. I think the criticism should go both ways. It should go both ways and not just that, but um, have you ever seen that Chris Rock video, how not to get arrested or beat up by the cops or something like that? Mm -hmm. It's really funny. We'll watch it. So Chris Rock has this video. I think, I think it's called how not to get beat by the cops. Yeah. And and it's pretty funny. Um, He talks about how if you're a black man, you need to put your hands up if they're told to put up, don't be ghetto. Don't, don't act, you know, ignorant around police officers and you won't it's pretty funny and my friend Fredrick's family the mom said I don't care if the police give you re, uh, being rude to you and they've been disrespectful to you uh, he, you know as a black mother living in America you fa- need to yeah. face racism in Louisiana his, his, you know, Fred's mother grew up there you just say you never fucking give the police reason to shoot you you just yep. follow, you know, that's, it's, it's, of course you're emotional and you don't like being treated like that. And I can't even imagine what it, what it feels like. But I mean, if, if, if I was a black person, I had a black kid or I'm, I'm exactly how I am and I just have to adopt a black kid or something, especially a boy. I, that's, that's the, the first thing I, you would I'm tell him, just right? going to hammer yeah. that shit into that kid's head, you know? So, but I don't like when people say, well, you know, white kids don't have to have this fear. White kids, look, there's certain harsh realities in our world that's one of them there's a lot of harsh realities in this world everyone has to deal with them there are certain stereotypes that white people have yeah there's certain stereotypes that black people have there's certain stereotypes asians have latinos have that is one of the harsh realities of this world yeah. and to me a lot of people they don't live in reality they live in la la land it's like I don't care if it's unfair. Life is unfair. I think the problem is that we teach our kids that life is supposed to be fair, and then they grow up getting anger, angered at the world. You know, sure. that happened to me. I, you know, I went to a gifted school, and I kind of was spoiled in that way, and then I had to deal with idiots in real life. You know what? I would have preferred not going to a gifted school because I would learn how to deal with people with more street smarts or people with other, sure. other. To me, I didn't feel that going to a gifted school helped me in life. Because life is not like that. Life is a mix of people from every IQ level, every personality level, every sure. background level. And I did go to, you know, um, a very rough middle school, but it's life is unfair. And I think that the sooner you teach that to kids, you know, not don't be a dick about it, yeah. but kids need to learn that there's certain harsh realities. Um, going back. Um, I don't because I haven't watched the series entirely. So making a murder is uh, it's worth watching it. It's worth watching Yoshi, but it's a binge watch. So you got to have a lot. Maybe if you can download it or something and then watch it on the plane to Europe. I have, I have plenty of other stuff to watch now that um, uh, grace of uh, kindness of your husband fixing the damn computer for the <laughs> nine times. I don't know why it does that, but he fixed it again. So I, I have a computer overseas and like... Uh, but why do you keep breaking it? Yeah, but I didn't do it. 
<laughs> last okay, one before this uh, one before this fix fix up he just told me I don't know I just turned it off and everything was fine well it, does, it doesn't work like that for me so anyway no he did do so he's he's very modest he did mess with it and do some updates and some other things but you did tell us that you dropped it off the bed a couple times or dropped it out of your book bag or something yeah, the, 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 this is the third time he's fixing it uh, fix up number one and two both times I dropped the computer that th- this third time I didn't drop it I just like when I turn it on it was back it should down. be fixed when he gets home he'll show you everything yeah. but it should be fixed so anyway I uh, I guess if I run out of things to watch I'll watch that but I know you haven't had a chance to watch it man the night of uh, right after Game of Thrones is the best thing I've seen the whole it's year it's on HBO? yeah night of alright alright oh, I'll put it on the list no this is the first thing you need to watch <laughs> <laughs> we just got done with The Affair, but we're pending until next season. So did you watch season one and two? Of The Affair? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Wow, that's funny. I, I've been trying to finish the season two uh, right now. Um, I think it's a better watch for people actually married to watch The <laughs> Why Affair. Why do you say that? <laughs> because you, because usually the wife look at the fucking cocksucker that's sitting next to her and like, boy, you better not cheat, you know. <laughs> but Night Up, it's... it's it, that is the best show. If the, if, if this is a, a track and field since we finished Olympic recently, a baton the Game of Thrones has passed. That is, <laughs> that is the, sh- the show Game of Thrones has passed to another person. It's 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 phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, um, my heart was racing the first episode. Like I could I could see myself making the same kind of dumb All mistake. Right. Don't tell me anything more about it. I'll check and, it out. And, and one of the characters in the show. This is how meta it was. Three, four weeks ago when I was in New York City, it was Sunday, and I was excited about watching the show Couple within a couple hours. I saw one of the actors in the show walking down the Lower East Side. <laughs> Paul Sparks. So I was like, oh, my God, that's so weird. I see Did you him say with- hi to him? No, I was just like, I, have you ever saw somebody famous and like, Oh, I know that person's name. And as soon as you realize the name, that person's already gone like five minutes ago. <laughs> no, but I... He was great in, in, in... I've seen people before here in LA at the grocery store, actually, believe it or not. And I I could... Not the name, but I couldn't place where what show they had been on. But I've seen... I've even seen Dawson from Dawson's Creek, James Vanderbeek at the Target in North Hollywood. So... <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I highly recommend that you watch it. It's only eight part, eight series. I guarantee it. If you watch the first episode early Sunday morning, you won't end up watching the whole thing. <laughs> don't, don't. I'm not even kidding. It is that good. I believe you, but don't push it too hard because then my expectations will be really high. It's 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 um who the guy who was the guy who played Tony Soprano, um the actor. Oh, James Gandolfini. He was supposed to play the lawyer in this thing, and he's also executive producer because he passed been, away though, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, they've been working on this thing last eight ten hours. It's based on the English show, and. The casting is terrific, and the story, fantastic. I mean, it, it is John Chitoro. Is that how you say his name? He's playing the the the, the James Gandolfini's uh, character. That character, he's yeah. Play, yeah. So it's it's phenomenal. It's uh, highly recommended. All right, all right. So um, let's talk for a second. Um, because you haven't had chance to talk about. I it. wanted to talk about what you thought about the whole Olympic swimming thing. Oh, um, because you've been to Brazil. I have not been to Brazil. I have heard the culture there as far as the government and the police is very corrupt. Supposedly, they exaggerated. I don't know if that's true or not. 
I I do think you've been to Rio. You've been to Brazil. I went to Brazil. I went to Rio, and I'm originally from Japan. So you, I already feel a little bit of affinity because outside of the United States, outside of Japan, there's more Japanese living in Sao Paulo than anywhere else outside of Japan. Really, I did not know there's that. There's about two million Japanese. So when you go to uh, Brazil, especially Sao Paulo, you will see people that look like me. Except their first name is Gabriel, or um, <laughs> it's just weird. Like they speak Portuguese, do they, and do they have um, Japanese last names? Yeah, 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 a lot of them do. But um, so you know, it's it's it. Um, they were even saying the Olympic uh, ceremony when they started that they were saying when you saw a group of Japanese walking into the stadium, they said like, well. They can't, this is kind of like a home advantage because they do have a lot of Japanese living in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like late 19th century Japan. M- Why is there so, Jap- so many Japanese people in Brazil? What is, what's the connection? Because, because the, the option, for whatever reason, that the, the Japanese, poor Japanese that want to get out of Japan or rich Japanese who want to get out of Japan was two places, either Hawaii, maybe even California, or... Brazil. I can see Hawaii, but Brazil, I don't they know. They were looking for farmers. So oh. like uh, sugar cane farmers, rice farming. Um, rice farming. Ha, ha, ha. No, seriously. <laughs> I, that's know, what, I know, I know, I um, know. Very petty. They, they were looking for and they were very, uh, they made a really good uh, transition. So there's a lot of, in fact, I think the first time when I went back to Japan after uh, moving to the United States slash kidnapped by my mother over here. <laughs> One of the uh, places that my cousin took me was one of those bathhouses. You know, you take a shower, then you take a, uh, you you shower, then you go into these places where um, hot tub kind of thing, but yes. it's separated by sexes. And uh, there was all this like people that look like Japanese, but their mannerism was kind of a little uh, uh, different. And even when they speak Japanese, it sounded really different. Then I realized later on there were Japanese Brazilian that uh, reverb immigrated to Japan to work. So it's weird, like their ancestors left Japan to look for a new opportunity and maybe things are not going well in Brazil so they... Go back to Japan. Japan to work. You know, I don't know, I don't think it's necessarily permanent, but it it is weird because when I saw them congregate in one area, so you see Japanese people, but, you know, they were doing like this fucking samba or whatever that fucking... (laughs) Yeah, you know, like they had like personality and movement, you know. So I thought I, I thought it was really cool. But when I went to Japan, I mean Brazil, I just noticed like, oh, you know, like even Peru, Alberto Fujimori, who used to be former Presidente of Peru, are uh, one some of the immigrants moved moved to Latin America. But there's a lot in Brazil. I I know what you're talking about. When I went to France, when I have been to France, the Vietnamese, the French Vietnamese have a little bit different flavor than the Vietnamese Americans over here. It's mm-hmm. just different. I, I wouldn't be able to put my finger on it, but you can tell. Well, I mean, basic, uh, I don't know if Dar- Darwinism really fits in this, but you take specific bird indigenous in one area, you take it to different continent or island, um, if they survive, they going to they have adapt. offspring, yeah. but they're going to adapt. So if you brought those back to original place, I'm sure there's some similarity, but they'll be different, right? Because yeah. they change. You ha- you kind of have to change. And your brother, I've said this enough, it, it's just uncanny how much you 
how much similar he was to my cousin Quan, except he's, I think he, my cousin spelled it like K W A N or something. He's mm-hmm. Korean, but like, but your your brother's name is spelled with Q, right? Q U O N. Q U A N. Yeah, something like that. And except for being homosexual, <laughs> his mannerism, kindness, sensibility, really reminded my cousin. So like, uh, I I was really happy. He he was. I really liked the guy. You know, like, I'm very jealous of the Viet- the French Vietnamese. It's they seem a little bit more elegant, and well, that's the whole Frenchness. Yeah, right? and the Frenchness, and, and they the, speak English too already. They do English, usually English, French, and Vietnamese, and and there's an elegance which I don't know what that says about America, but <laughs> the French, the Vietnamese versus the American Vietnamese, there's an elegance. There's a little bit of a tackiness, I think, to American Vietnamese people. Well, I I have to say going different country over 50 different places countries in the world I noticed that when it comes to aesthetic it seems like Italy France and in, 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 in for sure in Japan too that um, um, it's almost like a religion those countries you know Italy it's very it's very pronounced I mean I would see guys in Rome on the Vespa in like three-piece suits or like very beautiful Italian clothes. And first of all, I would be scared to ride in a Vespa dressed like that. It seems like you'd get dirty, but there's just such a, I don't know, of an elegance, elegance and hipness to a lot of, a lot of it. And I mean, I think you'd get beat up dressed like that over here in some places. I mean, I'm sure if anybody who is qualified, and I'm definitely not qualified, but it just I mean, seemed like Italy have this aesthetic sensibility. Yes. It's beautiful. Beautiful. But it seemed very raw and earthly kind of beauty. Yes. Whereas in France, it seemed very sophisticated and... Uh, very sophisticated. And... Uh, I remember our... our um, Andrew and I rented a flat. And the guy that booked us into the flat looked like a Grecian god. I mean, he, he was he was in Italy. In Italy, what city? In Rome, he looked like a Grecian god. He was tall. He looked like someone from like the original Olympics. He was tan. He had a little bit long wavy hair. Yeah. And he just looked like a god. Like I was just like, oh my gosh. And um, Andrew kind of said the same thing. Like, oh, that guy is really good looking. <laughs> but it was very, like you said, we're kind of raw. It, it's raw because for you, for any of you who are not lucky enough to go to Rome, it is it is a spectacular city. It is just incredible. I mean, it's great as Paris is, and Paris is great too. But this just I don't know how to explain it. First of all, it's a it's it can be a quite dirty city, especially the subway and things like that. It's really yeah. dirty, but. When you see Colosseum and all this building, I mean, literally, I'm not even kidding. When there go streets, there be places block off of metal fences, but there's things that sticking out of ground that's been around a time of Caligula, Julius Caesar, yeah. and Cicero, and uh, Cato the Elder. There's like and, a normal. Uh, it's unbelievable. There's like a normal building, and then there's like, oh, there's just a statue from five BC right there. Yeah. It, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> August, you know, Emperor Augustus, and uh, fucking, you know, once again, Julius Caesar, and no biggie. <laughs> uh, Mark Anthony, and you know, it's just like, it's 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 just like it's just. Well, that's what makes amazing. that's what makes me so upset. 
you know, about some of the ISIS stuff because they're destroying a lot of World Heritage sites. Yeah. And they have in, in, in places and they've destroyed a lot of ancient artifacts and other things in the name of ISIS. And yes, of course, I'm upset people are getting killed and other things. But I mean, you can't replace those items. Yeah. You can't replace that, that history. And for what? Like, what's the purpose of it? It's like, go kill each other. Don't, don't destroy, you know, Cause last time we t- last time we talked to we were going we were kind we were going to talk about in depth like last season six of Game of Thrones you know and did we been, ever do it <laughs> no we didn't do it but you know it's been too much time been passed and they already announced like seven episodes next season six following that but it's I, I don't want to I don't even know what metaphor means but I use those fancy words but you know <laughs> overall there's still these different houses in the Game of Thrones but there's a big problem with that um, Night King with his zombie army or whatnot and like some people say that in all those different houses we could use it in our time different countries are fighting each other but you know some people say that Night King and his zombies are pretty good metaphor for climate problem and terrorism that we face you know like the countries still don't get along even though we have this problem and I think ISIS is a problem but you know, it's a short-term problem, but in long-term, I mean, without even getting into science, but I just think... You mean we're all fighting each other and we need to be focused on it? Environment issues, it is, a, it is a problem. Issue? I think even even hardcore conservatives say it's a problem. It's just how do you solve it, you know, if everybody doesn't agree. But, um, you know, I'm 47. I mean, how much more I got? Five, <laughs> five years? Ten? Great. 20, 30, whatever? I'm not going to have kids. So I guess... I guess it's it's a problem for... It's a problem for the next generation. Next generation. <laughs> they need to well, get on that yeah, shit now. We're just going to kick the can and you guys deal Stat. with it. But, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, 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 at some point, I got to get serious and, and, and get better at comedy so I could make a livelihood at it. But um, anyway, I guess... I, I enjoyed the last season of Game of Thrones. I really enjoyed it. It was really fun, and I can't wait till next season. Although and it's delayed till the summertime. Yeah, because um, the, the the winter scene is going to be prominent, so they have to wait a little longer for the winter. Uh, you know, I don't know when it get really cold in Iceland and places like that. So they're making an adjustment. It'll be next summer. But Rosa, I I did watch five-part terrific documentary and i don't want to say it's the best documentary it's the best movie i've seen this year oj made in america and this kind of go back to things that we were talking about but um there's a lot of oj stuff going on right now there's the people versus oj yeah i saw the first episode i'd like to watch it but most why is so much oj stuff coming out um i don't i don't i think by the way isn't he in jail didn't he get away with murder and then go back to jail for stealing his own stuff or something? Yeah. In you, Vegas? You, yes. Well, good memory. You, you will, in fact, it's at the palace station, and I took my friend's kit for delicious lunch. At, I forgot that that's the same hotel where, you know, OG made a really bad decision to do that. So what was the story? He stole his own stuff back or he auctioned it? The guy who had his memorabilia and he accused him of stealing shit from him. Anyway, um, I guess when he says something like nobody's leaving this room, that's qualified, legalistically speaking, kidnapping. Even though, <laughs> Really? 
Yeah. <laughs> Even though they went to this hotel room, the guy was actually staying in that room. But he prevented from that guy from leaving his own room. Yoshi, no one's leaving this room. Yeah, no one. <laughs> that that basically became so he got thirty three years, which OJ. Yeah. Oh my God! What an idiot! I'm sorry. That's the thirty three years he would have gone if he uh, <laughs> lost in that. Um, so it's weird. He the, the judge forced the juror to make the decision on exactly on the October third, which would have been. 13 year anniversary of the verdict. Oh my God. So he he finally got it. It's almost like a Greek tragedy in a way that. It's not a Greek tragedy. It's him being an idiot. Idiot, yeah. If you get away with murder, supposedly murder or whatever, you need to freaking live a clean life, okay? (laughs) Live a clean life. (laughs) Uh, I guess I'm giving away, but one of the person at the end of the documentary kind of has second thought about OJ, this black person. But. it's weird, like, you murdered two people, and I do believe he did it, and my uncle fucked up, Judge Ito. <laughs> but it's weird, like, he got in trouble for stealing shit, and he got 33 years. Like, he didn't get it for actual murder, but um, it, it, it really comes down to defense and prosecution. It's whoever gave it the most convincing story is going to win. Actually, it's surprising that you just talked about that, because as some of your listeners know, I did deal with an issue with my neighbor and when I was talking to an attorney and also doing oh, I forgot about that research on attorney websites you got sued right I did not get sued but what? I was taken to court um, it doesn't matter what happened this is what many lawyers and also many legal blogs said which yeah. is really scary it doesn't matter what happened it matters the story that you tell and the evidence you have of what happened so I could kill you Yoshi I could kill you I'm not going to uh, disclaimer in case Yoshi ends up dead <laughs> but if there's no evidence that I killed you then I cannot be convicted of your murder so it doesn't matter what happened it literally doesn't matter what happened it just matters the evidence so I don't understand how did it ha- did, you, did you receive a letter you got served I received a letter from the LA County um, from LA County um, and they told me that my neighbor had escalated her complaint to the highest level. Which is what department? Um, it was with animal services because she was accusing my dog of barking. And I went to, Andrew and I went and it was dismissed in our favor because one, she didn't show up. So what my understanding, I don't and understand why complain if you're not going to show up? Because she's crazy. But um, also... Isn't, she, it, isn't, isn't this at the point of being harassment now? It, it is, but she hasn't continued on. But... That's beside the point. Yeah. So the point is, it doesn't matter because she didn't have any evidence. So her allegations were false. But here's the thing. We had a lot of evidence. Um, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter what happened. It matters the evidence that you bring. So again, you could kill me. You could strangle me. You, you know, I'm dead. But if there's no evidence that you killed me, you can't. And, and if you're tried and then found Innocent, yeah. you cannot retry that person because someone cannot be tried for the same trial twice. Right. So you think this is the last time you're going to hear from her? I hope so. I mean, we haven't heard from her since then. I think... It's so awkward, and I don't even fucking live here. It's so... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how to describe... Um, first of all, I got... Anyone ask, asking me to come to uh, animal court, I would have just laughed. I said, I'm not doing that. But for Rosie, of course, I would do it. But 
you know when he told me animal uh, court, you know what popped in my head? You know those British court system where they put the funny ha- uh, hairpiece with the the wigs, wigs with wigs. the you know they're like Lord whatever, whatever you know like you know what I mean? Like in Downton Abbey? No, way even way even bigger. I, I I even they look like. Someone from like during the Revolutionary War, they put the white wig. Yes, Yoshi, I know what you're talking about. I I thought when you said doggy court, I I almost thought like they're gonna have a like a really cute looking dog sitting as a judge, <laughs> <laughs> and like your dog is barking and like you know like it's just crazy. Like what? I didn't want to go, but once you told me like it did pick my interest. That would be kind of funny thing to go because animal court, like how. <laughs> This is how rich this country is. You think they have an animal court in Africa? You know what I mean? It's so ridiculous. Like, if somebody's like, your dog is barking. Yeah, motherfucker. Dogs bark. That's what they do. What the fuck? Just so you know, when we went to the final the final hearing. I went to both times. No, we. you didn't go to the final one with us. Okay. First two I went. Right? <laughs> so when we went to the... So when I went to the final hearing, actually... The officer was very upset because he said that they're actually backlogged a year with real cases, serious cases where dogs have mauled people. You, you, they have never received a case for dog barking escalated to that level. And for her to sh- not show up. And for her to not show up because they said that usually that type of escalation is literally dogs that have killed people, yeah. mauled people, dogs that have been left abused for yeah. hours and hours yeah. and hours it's not like a little gray schnauzer barking yeah. <laughs> so he said they're actually backlogged up to up to a year with those type of serious cases where the dog could be put down you know yeah. like really scary cases there's one case where the, a dog bit several mailmen so um so for her to waste everyone's time and that's what the hearing officer said he basically said it was a complete waste of everyone's time they never get dog barking cases to this level yeah it should it shouldn't have been even brought to this level and what's so funny and her husband seemed like a reasonable guy but what can he do he's married to this nuts right <laughs> but what was so funny because it's so uncomfortable for me and like i said i don't live here and like, why is it uncomfortable for you it's uncomfortable for me because when i sometimes when i walk into your house your garage is open and they have to, you guys have to share so like I'm standing there. You guys doing your business. They're doing their business. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so uncomfortable. They, <laughs> they pretend like they don't see each other. Like, <laughs> We don't pretend. We just prefer not to say hello. But, like, so, you know, it, it, it makes me uncomfortable. And uh, I wouldn't like that. But, you know, I, I just think. Um, yeah, but whose fault is it for making it uncomfortable? It's not my fault. So, so you have to fucking deal with it, and you have a better thing to do. Anyway, my so, point is with your OJ thing, it doesn't matter what happened, which is crazy because every single person thinks this is what people that have never been in the legal system think. They think that the truth will prevail. Whatever happened is going to be revealed. No, that's not what happens. That's why lawyers always tell their scumbag clients who are rapists yeah. and murderers to wear a suit. Why do they tell them to wear a suit? Why do they tell them to sit up straight? That's why you have to watch The Night Of. It, it it's it's such Oh my god, it's just I'm I'm telling you, it's such a phenomenal show and it covers that. But penultimate, the second to last episode when I saw last Sunday. Don't tell me anything. It was very ambiguous. Now I'm a little confused now. I don't I don't know what to make of it. So last episode is like 90 minutes or maybe 100 minutes. I'm really excited. Unfortunately, 
I can't get HBO in fucking Europe, so I can't watch <laughs> until three Sundays from now. So anyway, I hope when I come back, you could you could watch it. And if I cannot get, um, so I shouldn't watch the entire thing while you're gone, and then no, watch, watch and the, then Instagram you spoiler alerts for the last do episode. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, even though I did, everyone asked, to, don't you do it? Anyway, it's it's a great show. So I hope you watch it. But OJ Made in America, it is it is incredible story. It really is. It is is a, it a true crime? True crime drama? It, true crime. It's bigger than that. It's really about America. You know, there's a there was an incredible scene when OJ was a very popular player in USC, uh, one of the greatest college player, but um, uh, one of the uh, best NFL player of all time. But anyway, there's this incredible scene where he's dining at this restaurant. It's him with a bunch of his friends, all black. And he overheard, somebody overheard one of the white girl in a diner said, and she said, look, it's OJ and a bunch of niggers. That's what they say. <laughs> OJ was so charming and so seductive, he seduced America. Here's the thing. White America turned around and seduced OJ too. You know what I mean? And I met OJ Simpson in 1988, summer of 88, when I went to El Camino Community College, right after graduating from Torrance High. And they were making one of those dumb HBO sports comedy. He was there. And he, I was awe because I didn't really know all that much what he did. I know he was a former football player, but I remember him from all the Hertz commercial. But let me tell you, uh, Rosie, he has this magnetism. He is good looking athletic and very charming and a funny dude and I could not believe how big his hands were I shook his hand it went through his hand I mean I think I was 18 or 19 at the time I was a little bitch <laughs> I was a little punk ass bitch going to because I was too dumb to go to real college I El Camino Community College where Shugnai went there two three years before <laughs> with the football program but it went through his hand but like I mean, OJ. So what? So what do you mean by white America seduced OJ too? What does that example have to do with it? He, that was a bad metaphor, Yoshi. You need to he, explain he, further. He was. This is like late sixties, where um, 64, 68 Olympic, where Black Panther, those athletes raising their hands, racial tensions. Martin Luther King got killed. Uh, you know, there's a racial tension between the police. Watts riot. When was that? 67, 60, I can't, 65, I think it was. Watts, uh, Watts riot. And here's a guy who was so beloved in USC. He destroyed the national championship game between the, the game between UCLA and USC. He was a beloved figure and he refused to play on behalf of civil rights movement for the black athlete and speak on behalf. He, he was so loved by white people because he never criticized whites. And he, he could not be any bigger at USC in Southern California and get ready to play for Buffalo Bills. I mean, he, people didn't see race when it comes to OJ. You know, when he does the Hertz commercial, you'll see it in the documentary, he run across to to say how great service Hertz rental car give, OJ is running through an airport, and every person say go OJ go <laughs> OJ go go OJ. It's white person, kids, white guys, white elderly woman. They love OJ, and they seduced him. He he never brought the black issues. 
he he was comfortable with white people, but he was also seduced by the money, love, popularity, and all the you know fame that he went through commercials and things like that. I I just think this documentary was. All right, I'll check it, it out. Is, is I mean I still say, um, I mean if I have to if I have to pick between the two. It's a very toss-up. I mean, Night Of and this, it's, it's, um, because it's interesting. Second to last episode, during the court case, they made a reference to OJ murder case in this thing, too. So I hope, I think uh, you'll figure out ways to get OJ made in America when, I come back, um, when, I, when I'm away. But Night Of, man, I would love to talk to you about it. And, um, you know, um, maybe I'll do your podcast and talk about it. But it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Highly recommend it. Watch both of those shows. But OJ Made in America, they they uh, presented uh, this year as a movie, so I hope it qualifies as uh, Oscar Academy and Emmy. It's that good, Rosie. It's it's it's, it's a fantastic, phenomenal. Yeah, it's 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 great. So let's um, let's finish it off by. Uh, have you been following what happened last week with Amy Schumer and Kurt Metzger? I didn't follow that. Tell me. Fill me in. So um, I was hoping you did because I didn't really do a good job following it. But there was an improv group, some comedy show, in, I believe in New York City, and one of the uh, improvisational performer, male performer, male comedic actor, male improv performer, uh, was accused by multiple women of raping raping them. And Amy Schumer also accused him? No, no, not Amy. So they complained, so they kicked out Kurt Metzger, very funny guy, never met him, I don't think. I don't think I met him. I think he called me one time because uh, I think he might have got my number from David Taylor or something where they needed a porn star on the show or something. I called back, he told me to call somebody else, I called them and I never heard back, but they needed a porn star. Anyway, um, he's a writer on the show, so... What show is he a writer on? Amy Schumer show? Yeah, yeah. and Basically, what happened was he wrote something in Facebook where basically say something the fact just because if you're the first group of people accusing somebody, that doesn't mean they're guilty. They could very well be guilty, or maybe not guilty. But he was basically saying whoever make the first accusation, and if it's not if a woman does it, or if if enough women do it. And pardon me if I don't if I don't remember right. He he was upset that first accusation equals guilt, mm-hmm. and then uh, he just went off. And I listened to something interesting by Jim Norton recently. You could respectfully disagree with somebody's position, but if you do it in a very angry manner, you kind of lose people. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's fair to say, like James Dean in porn was accused by a bunch of porn girls <clears throat> that he raped him. And we should not take rape as a joke. We should take, we, 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 in the history, we have not done a very good job at taking it uh, seriously, a la Bill Cosby. We should take it very seriously. But there's also been cases where women falsely accuse someone, the complete innocent guys that, that you know, uh, got all this public lashing, even though they were innocent too. So we should take it seriously. But I think I, think I agree with Jim. If you angrily say things, even though, if, even if you have a ballot point, people will not take it. Anyway, so, who was the angry one? Was it Kurt or the girl? Kurt, Kurt's were, the way he was saying it, it seems like uh, he was basically saying like just because somebody accused, and and I guess if a woman accused somebody, it's automatically the man is guilty. Mm-hmm. And uh, but who was uh, angrily 
making their point. Kurt was. Kurt was. Okay, got it. Supposedly. And uh, that's what Jim was saying. And Jim is friend with him. And of course, uh, I, I'm all for f- uh, accusing people. <laughs> You're no, all I mean, for no, accusing people? I'm all for it. <laughs> I, I'm not a fo- false accusation of uh, accusing somebody when they're uh, not true. <laughs> but I think I understand why some of the women's group got angry because it's for a long time, it's not easy for women to come in public, right? I mean, if you get robbed, why would people say like, why were you walking down the street at 3 a.m.? Why were you wearing that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they would just take it as that he got robbed, right? Like they're not gonna be, a que- they're not gonna question them, but like if you get raped, why were you doing two in the morning with those guys or walking down the street in that outfit? Well, there was, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I do, but that actually happened. And I think to my friend and I think women sometimes get the brunt of it. So my, my girlfriend yeah. was actually in new Orleans Yes, and she was robbed at knife point. Yeah. Well, she is a tough Latina chick from I think Queens or the Bronx or something. Right. She either punched the guy or did something, got her purse back and pulled, grabbed his knife and pulled on him Yeah, and was able to call the cops. Yeah. Well, because she had street Jesus, smarts. Jesus, what's your friend's name? Bronda Rossi? <laughs> Jesus. No, her name is Patricia. But because she um, had some street smarts and also was a woman and dressed up because she was going out when this happened. Yeah. When she called the police, they accused her of being a prostitute. Yeah. So she felt more victimized sure. by the police and their accusations and their questions yeah. than the guy that tried to rob her at knife point. Sure. So it's not just a rape issue. It's an issue of um, there's a lot of not believing of women and, and women out there who do make false accusations yeah. stop because you're freaking ruining it for anyone who has a legitimate accusation. Yeah. I don't know why you would make a false accusation. There's no reason for it. Um, but, a lo- you know, I... Uh, I just think I just think that's sad that she was victimized twice just because she was wearing a dress or Absolutely. whatever. So I I understand there's been cases where people have been falsely accused and and I have no uh, problem if some women's accused of some guy, but I also believe they should be given the opportunity to defend themselves. You know what I mean? Yes, and you but, shouldn't be guilty until yeah proven innocent because because here, until proven be, guilty. Because here's the thing: w- w- as soon as you're accused you're still innocent in the eye of the law. However, you're not innocent in the public, public opinion. opinion. Yeah. yeah. So when I got in trouble in Canada, that, that there might be possibility that I've been accused of like taking child porn to Canada. I immediately agree, even though it's not true that I rather get in trouble for working without a work permit in Canada because I don't even have a one whiff of somebody saying, Oh, did you get in trouble for child porn in Canada? You know what I mean? <laughs> You know yes, what I mean? Like yes, I was, Yoshi, I, I, I do, I, I, I do I, I, understand. I wasn't even doing that. And uh, I run over, I'd rather run over a kid with a car and kill the kid <laughs> than accuse of, falsely accused of touching kids. You know what I mean? Because that kind of shit, I mean, I will, because I'm an Asian driver too, I'll get, probably get away with it. <laughs> Be- that's why you really have to uh, fight strident effort to defend your opinion because that stuff is very, very, very serious. It could hunt you for the rest of the fucking life. Yeah, and you can't get hired. You know, we both know a comedian who was accused. He ended up being acquitted. Um, 
I'm not going to say his name in the air, but that has haunted him. He's Canadian. For okay, <laughs> something with AR. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but acquitted doesn't mean that person's uh, innocent either. He, I think he was acquitted for lack of evidence. Yeah. But that he, stink will follow him. He was not. Uh, he was not convicted as guilty. Right. But in public opinion. In the public opinion, he's a rapist. Right. And and two, if I had a comedy club. I don't care if the person was fighting innocent. It's a lot. I think I, I just think it's liable to have someone. Yes. And, and if, they, if he or she ended up raping somebody. He's lost right. work because of it. Now, of course, of course, you overlook it if it was somebody of level of talent of, let's say, Louis C.K. or something. You know what I mean? That, that's, I'm, I'm, and that's happened many times. There's right. there's high high level comedians that we both know that are drug addicts or troublemakers but they keep getting overlooked because of of a talent and I'm not even suggesting that Louis did something I'm just saying no 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 Louis somebody of his talent have been accused of something people overlook the people Woody over, Allen people whatever. overlook yeah. it <laughs> people overlook it if it sells tickets and you're making money sure you know so 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 anyway um, so I feel bad for Amy because yeah the guy works for her and he says something that she doesn't agree with, but why she's getting earful? Like, if he says something wonderful, is, is she supposed to take credit for saying so, something smart? So what's the deal? Amy is getting an earful from the public? She was last week, I believe, if I remember right. Because I didn't, I didn't know the Amy Schumer connection. I just knew she, he worked for her. Yeah. So, like, what are you going to do about Amy? Like, what the fuck? Like... <laughs> Because she, if I say something stupid, is is Russell Peters and you are you responsible because you're no? My but you know what, Amy has become in the past few years a bit of a feminist icon for women. Yeah, and I think that's the issue. Right. I'm I'm looking this up online, by the way. So that's what happened. So I was just kind of curious, what do you thought about the whole whole thing? I haven't heard much about it, but I will do research. I um have been following the Louisiana yeah. flooding because my family is in the flooding. Um, not not my mom and dad, thank God. Yeah, but I have cousins and aunts. And, and I'm, I am concerned because my friend Sasha Gray, name dropping, it's <laughs> it's in Italy, and like 130 people die as now earthquake. Yes, the earthquake know? as so well. So I, I hope I hope they're doing okay. Anyway, um, I just thought <sighs> she's not pro rape person, obviously. I think so, she talks about how she was sexually assaulted. Yes, in a book that she just released. Yeah, and I want to so. read that too. So anyway, she he, she basically said like, look, he doesn't work for me because there's no more shows. I oh, didn't know that. Her show's canceled? Uh, not canceled. I don't know. They definitely did not cancel it. If she wanted to do it the next 10 years, they would say yes to her. But I think maybe she's, she's tired of doing it or something. But I don't know. That's what I read that... Um, I don't know why I have to be responsible for something because he doesn't work for me anymore because there's no more shows, you know. I think she's busy with movies and other shit. She's she busy with being famous and yeah, successful. Successful, yeah. And uh, we both like Amy because she worked really hard and, you know, I don't I don't really know her, but she's always been good a few times. Yes, I, I don't know her that well, but she, I, I think she's good. There's a lot of famous female comedians that I don't like, but I like Amy Schumer. Yeah, she's great, so... So anyway, I, I just thought it was unfair that she had to be responsible for something somebody said. So um, I want to know what you thought. I did not know about it, but now I know. And I don't think she should be held responsible. But um, yeah. 
She did say, um, uh, I love uh, Kurt something something. She's a he's a friend. But <laughs> she says but Kurt does not. Dis- Kurt does not work for me. He's not a writer on my show. Please stop asking me. <laughs> yeah. And he did. She did say something about being disappointed. Things that she was saying, but you know, um, that's how it goes sometimes. So, um, I think, I think, um, unless you have anything else to talk, I am sad Yoshi didn't is over. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm sad that Yoshi didn't is over, and all of you listeners should be so sad too and tell Yoshi to keep going and going. I don't know if they're listening. I don't know if anyone's listening, but keep tell Yoshi, tweet at Yoshi, Instagram at Yoshi and tell him to keep going and going and going until his his little podcasting fingers that are too small for OJ Simpson's hands fall off. No. (laughs) Let me tell you, that guy have a huge hands. Unbelievably large hands. But um, yeah, it's fun. I think it helped me I, I I think it helped me doing radio shows and stuff like that. I'm not really worried. I think you're so self-conscious, but like, I know I mur- I rape and murder, uh, going back to the rape thing, <laughs> I, I murder and rape English language, <laughs> but I'm just not afraid about that and people always make funny, but after a while, you just get, you know, the you get over it, you know. I think your English has gotten a lot better since we've known each other. I could barely understand you when we first met. <laughs> I think I was mumbling a lot, but anyway. You were mumbling a lot. I think if you tell people honest God truth, it's coming from your heart and not trying to be fake and not be politician, I think people are okay, you know. Yoshi, you're the opposite of a fake person. You don't need to worry about that. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm at. And I'm really looking forward to finishing the second to last one. Uh, the name of the podcast it's 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 um, BSF. That's it. What does the B and the S and the F stand for? Uh, they could figure out once you listen to that one. All right. And um, if I can't get uh, Len Shawcroft, Mitch Hamburg's wife, a, a good friend of mine, and uh, for the last episode, then I, I'll just thank everyone. And uh, unless something dramatic happened, I'll find something awesome. But of course, you're awesome. But uh, yeah, that's it. I uh, two more episodes. You, um, mine, then the last episode. So hopefully it's done by late September, which is incredible, weaselly thing to do because <laughs> I've been saying I'm going to end it since last is uh, September. You know. So all right. Anyway. Well, thank you for having me, Yoshi. Rosie, thank you very much for doing it. Um, anything big coming up for you? Uh, fun? Uh, um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Funny Rosie. Uh, listen to Out of the Box podcast. I have David Lay coming up. He is a, a clinical psychologist that specializes in sex, and we talk a lot of fun sex stuff. You already did it. I already did it. Yeah. It's in the editing bin, and it will be released soon. So please go on Out of the Box podcast. Uh, dot com and click follow subscribe go on iTunes Stitcher SoundCloud and then you guys can hear that when it comes out in the next few weeks is there anything that, that some of my fans that could uh, do for you like the, is there something that you want to do but you need help with something right now uh, besides I, money <laughs> I, I, it, you know Make-A-Wish Foundation is really uncomfortable but they want to give a wish uh, to a kid and all, the first thing kids always ask is like can you get rid of my cancer aww that's when, that's when they laugh and I'm like, come on, kid, let's be real. <laughs> um, if you guys really, really want to help me 
really please just follow me on Twitter and and subscribe to the podcast and leave positive comments. I don't I have a good amount of comments, but I I need more. Yeah. So that the podcast can be elevated on iTunes. And um, yeah, thank thanks for having me uh, on your show. And um, I would like to thank um, uh, my friend uh, Hyung Cho and Susan Cho. They're in uh, Indonesia, New Zealand, Australia right now. But they they, they were very kind to my uh, f- our friend uh, William Chen, Stan Chen's son. And um, well, by the way, Russell Peters never say William Chen. It's always Stan Chen. Um, All right, we got to wrap up. Okay, Andrew's <laughs> here. So uh, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, Rosie, thanks for doing the last one. And honest to God, this is the last time she'll be on. And um, <laughs> and uh, I'd like to thank everyone for supporting the show. And uh, please help uh, support Rosie. So, please. Uh, I, I would love, I definitely would like to hear a story where Rosie and her husband go to Vietnam. I really want to hear that. That would be kind of interesting story. Like, I really want to know what's that going to be like. So, anyway, thanks for listening and uh, talk to you guys soon. Bye.